these three criminals committed crimes when they were kids. You will think they were innocent, but they're not. Today, this is the first collection of the podcast, the Children's Crimes Collection. This is Cases of the Crimes. Hello, people. Um, yeah, this is the very first collection that I will be discussing here because there are three criminals they have done committing this they wouldn't since they were no teenagers or they were about to be teenagers or they were little and they think that they they murdered somebody yeah they actually do yeah hi I'm Michael Norris welcome so I cannot wait to get started with the children's crimes collection that I will be putting here and it's gonna be quite short it's gonna be quite quick so we're gonna have to get this thing over with so right so I'm gonna be going through like that so I will start with well the first thing I have to start with is I don't know which one's more the more demise so the first one I had, which is gonna be more demise, is Eric Smith. Eric Smith will be the first one I'm gonna have to do, and the next one will be Mary Bell. Will be the second, and the third and final least I have to save this to the end is Josh Phillips. Josh Phillips will definitely gonna scare you to death, and it's uh it's not gonna be that easy, you know. It's not gonna be that easy, and um, just to look, give you guys a little warning that uh, all these three people here that committed crimes, there is gonna be like disturbing things happening. So, yeah. All right, are you ready with this collection? I'm not calling this considered a case number or something. I will count this as a yeah I will count towards like case number something so case number 12 I'll do case number 12 for this okay alright so here comes case number 12 and this is the collection the first collection that I'm gonna do for something okay so let's get started the children's crimes collection Alright, here's the first one. Eric Smith. Eric M. Smith. Um, born in on January 22nd, 1980. Okay, and he was born in Stubbin County, New York. Which is probably a few miles away from Erie. Okay, so it's not even next to it, but it's a kind of little war here. Get there. Okay. And his height for this one is five foot three and a half, so it's right close to my weight, five foot 
four. Because I'm five foot four, by the way. So, it's part of me. Ah, a little close to nine. Alright, we'll set back to the early life first. We can see how he had done it. Okay, so here's the little background. So he spent time with his grandparents with Red and Eddie Wilson. And one Red said that he would go he would come in and give them hugs and kisses, you know, for his grandparents. And he likes being a clown. Oof. I don't like about being a clown for Eric. Hmm. Because uh I think you remember John Wayne Gacy? That's uh because he dressed up as a clown, but he might murder someone. So, be careful with it. He is he's diagnosed by a uh, defense psychiatrist with intermittent explosive disorder. Oh, wow. So, this is a mental order that tends to be like being, ang being angry or they just want that to kill someone. So yeah, it's uh, but the the prosecution expert on the once one of the experts said that it was kind of a rare disorder that seen it his, his age at that time. So yeah, that disorder had have kind of little deficits effects of all that different kinds of things. So we've seen a lot of serial killers who have that kind of sense of disorder different sense of disorder schizophrenia is one of them and there are different kinds of disorders that we have discussed because we have seen a lot of because every single criminal that we have they have their own disorders different kinds of disorders okay and he was subjected to a testing for both the sides of their brain or so yeah, they looked at the look at his brain, the hormonal levels, and there's nothing, nothing about the violent behavior that he did. And all the and for some of the documents that I found, he was a loner who'd been tormented by the bullies for his like low set the ears, has thick glasses. A red hair and oh yeah he's a redhead yeah red has a little freckle I mean he was a nerd because he got bullied by yeah that's we've we've been all we've been through all of that because he had been bullied by the bullies in the school or high school so not high school in middle or elementary school they done that we all done that before okay. Definitely done that before. Alright, let's get on to the murder. This is gonna be very spicy. So on August 2nd of 1993, he was 13 when he was 13 years old, he rode his bike on the seventh camp in a local day camp. After they'd been told to leave to the bad beer beer. Because he acted so bad that they asked him to you know, go home. And then we have a four-year-old, Derek Roby, who was born on October 2nd, 1988. He was alone, walking alone in the summer camp. And he saw Roby, okay, and he lured him into that little wood area. 
There he strangled him, oh shoot, and dropped a big large rock on his head. God! And then the cause of death was turned to be a, a blunt trauma to the head by a way the contributing excessius. So he strangled a four year old kid and throw a big rock at him. What a murderous little child he is. What a murderous little child he is. And around 11 a.m. His mother, Roby's mother, Doreen, went to the park to pick up his son to make sure that he's okay. And found that he did not come. He was missing. And then after hours of vacation, his body was found. And it made a national headlines due to a age of 13, okay, killer who was 13, of the victim of a four-year-old. So on August 8th, 1993, um, he confessed to his mother that, yep, I killed Derek. Mom, I, I killed Derek. I did. And they informed a lost person that later that night. Oh, you're in trouble. You're absolute trouble. In 2014, he, a little older now, he said that he was bullied by the old Jonah at school. We talked about this. Also by his father and the older sister. Gosh, your 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 childhood is so brutally bad. And he confessed that he took that rage out on him and he killed him that one. That rage since remember about that disorder, the terminated order? That rage, all of his angerness. And he took that to this freaking four-year-old boy. You need to calm. The, you need to calm your rage down. I've done a lot of being angry at something, not angry at some of the stupid things. Because one of the things that I rage about is losing. I mean, someone's losing, going home, nothing. I just like, like. Like tell up swear some words, but my God, for him, his rage is worse than I, worse than mine. And that killing a four-year-old, that's absolutely not okay. So yeah, that, and he sodomized her with stick in order to ensure the death. Oh my God, this guy. This heathen, this heathen of this kid, it has to, like, I can't believe, I can't believe this person. I cannot believe with this person. I, I, I freaking hate it. Okay, so, on August 1694, he convinced of a second de degree murder and is sentenced to maximum term, because for juvenile, a minimum of nine years to life in prison. And while in jail, he wrote an apology letter to the family, to Rope's family, and they read it on the public television, in quotes, I would say, <clears throat> I know my actions have caused a terrible loss in the Rope family, and for that, I am truly sorry. I try to think as much as possible about what Derek will never experience, his 16th birthday. <laughs> 
Christmas anytime on his own house, graduating, going to college, getting married, his first child. If I could go back in time, I would switch places with Derek and endure all the pain of Carson. If it meant that he would go on living, I switch places. But I can't. And then somewhere at the end of the statement, he said that he cannot bear through the walls, razor wire, and metal bars for the rest of the life. Yeah. And through all the interviews, he also apologized to Roby. He directly to Roby. He was four years old when a 13 year old killer just. I can't believe how he had done such a thing. And yet they should have had they should have had to protect them. Or let had stop keep watching them because this is uh, hurt. Sorry, I'm really hurt for that. He has been denied being a parole ten times since that too. And mostly in, in January. And his next eligible of becoming the parole is on October, so uh, I recorded this in July, so a few months after this report. And then after a fail of the hearing, they cited a public safety in the session and his parents opposed his release. He cannot let go. And that he told the parole that he would not return to Savona if he would release. And he would go to a shelter or a halfway house because I mean I mean if he would release then it would be a little problem he want to try to stay away from the people right now and stay in his place okay uh, see not that okay uh, he was held in a facility for three years and then transferred to an open prison for young adults he's getting older and in 2001, he transferred to Clinton Correctional Fountain in Denemora, New York. That was a maximum period. And then as of 2016, like five years ago, the Department of Corrections shows that him he was incarcerated at Collins Correctional Facility. That's a medium now. At Erie County, New York, just right here. And then three years later, like 2019, he was incarcerated in Gowanda Correctional Facility, again, that was co-located co in the, now see, they're like close to each other, yeah, you probably seen them. And then, as of November 30th, he was now incarcerated at the Woodburn Correctional Facility in Sullivan County. Okay, so. Yeah, he was in jail and he's now current he's now in what is it now? In Woodburn. Okay. He's in jail at Woodburn Correctional Facility. So right close to New York. Yeah, this is all happening all this in New York. And right now he's uh currently forty one years old. Okay. Died at thirteen he killed a four year old when he was thirteen. Now he's forty one. So yeah, hopefully he can still back in jail and find all the lessons. Hopefully he can learn all the lessons. I know it's been nine years in jail, 
But if you want to keep that in life, yeah, maybe you should. Maybe he should learn all the lessons he did. Absolutely brutal. I cannot believe how Eric Smith would do. He would do such a thing at the camp, at the day camp, for this. All because of the disorder. He, the rage, he was so angry that he would just kill a four year old kid. That I can't I'm not happy with it. But that's the end. That is it. That's the end of Eric Smith. That's number that's our first one on our collection on the collection. Alright, let's get on to our second. Second murder on our collection. Okay. We're on to Mary Bell. Okay, Mary Flora Bell. She was born on May 26, 1957. So, we're in England now. Okay, so his mother, Bell's mother, Betty, with knee on cricket. I don't know what the knee is, it's a different name. But, so, name Betty was a prostitute. Was absent from the family home, traveling to Glasgow to work. We have Mary. May was a second child when Betty is sixteen, was well, sixteen years old, and her older sister had traveled alone to Newcastle and reclaimed Mary from the house of mentally stable woman and able to have a children own home. Betty had sold Mary, so he sold, so she had sold Mary to go to you know, the house of none, because her being a little unstable, that would happen there. And there is uh, no information about who is her father at the time. So, in the most of her life, she believed to be Billy Bell. He was a criminal. Was arrested for some Arabi, but she was a baby when Bill married her mother, and that kind of connects it to her to him. Yeah, it it's a definitely connected, right, from Bill, Billy, and to Mary, and they all have a common about you know, making criminals, so definitely to each other. Okay, we're on to a couple of some killings right now. That this is gonna make sense for you. All right. On May 25th, 1968, uh, she was about like 11, year, 11 years old or something. Okay. Before her 11th birthday, okay, um, he strangled a four year old, not again, four year old, Martin Brown in a derelict house. She had committed by himself. Okay. In between the second and she ran, Norma Joyce Bell. There's no relationship for that with each other. HD. They broke in, into and vandalized a nursery in Scotswood. And leaving some of the notes that claimed some of the responsibility for doing that she that she killed this person. She killed this four year old kid. 
and they had and the police dismiss it as a prank. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. No, I mean she killed four years old, and the police said that yep, this is this is just a prank. No, it's not a prank. What is wrong with the police? What's wrong with them? Okay, and then on July 31st, state we have two girls took apart in a strangulation again. For the death of a three-year-old, Brian Howe, on the wasteland in Scottswood, somewhere in Scottswood. And the reports conclude that both the girls returned but it to Norma, carving the initial N into his stomach. Like a little big N. And they changed that from N to M. Because she used... As she used some of the little scissors to cut off of his hair and scratch his eyes and mutilate his genital. Oh, freaking me. Oh, uh, this. I I can't believe this. Okay. And the scissors proved to be the downfall as they uh, question, as the police questioning her about a look of. Seeing Brian somewhere in that area, because he has a a boy carrying a little scissor, and that boy was at the airport at the time of the little killing, and they had not shared that information about this mutilation. Oh wait, I had to find out what the definition of mutilate is. I don't freaking understand what this means. So, mutilate is. Oh, oh god, why? Okay, I know what the definition of mutilate. Really? Ugh, this is awful. This is so, so awful. I mean, this. I mean, she. She just beat his. Oh my god. I can't believe this is happening. Like she, she would do something like that. I can't believe she would do something like that. All right, and on December of 1798, at Newcastle, Essex, Norma was acquitted, but she was convicted of a manslaughter, the grounds of diminished responsibility. So, yeah, she got caught, and the jury took the lead of hers on the diagnosis. And the psychiatrists believe that they that she displayed as a class sense of psychopathy. Psychopathy, that's not her psychopathy. And the judge, Justice Cusack, described her as dangerous and posed as a quote, very great risk to the judge. End quote. Because yes, she is. She would do such a thing. I wonder why she would just kill like a little kid I mean it's totally brutal here and now she was sentenced to be you know her majesty's pleasure in jail as we would call it make it an indefinite sense of the prison so we don't know how long and she was sent to a red bank securing in Newton Lee Willow Lancashire 
Lancashire. I'm sorry, how did I find it? It is from the same facility that John Venevos was one of the James Burglar Buglers killers. 25, 25 years for that. And after Gushin, she, he was she was the focus of that deal of the British press and Stern, which is the Germans. And her mother repeatedly told told the stories about her and gave more words that she claimed to be her daughter. Because her mother found out that this, we're talking about Betty, right? We're talking about Betty, right? Saw all the stories and gave the reports that. Yep, that's my daughter. And then she made a coming headline in September 77. And she escaped from more court open prison. Oh god. And where she held her transfer from institution to adopt to now the adult prison, sorry. Prison. And its penalty for this was loss of privileges for four, 28 days. Yeah. He tr she tried to escape, but she had been held, and she has no privileges from the prison. So at that time, she also lived in a remand home at Cumberland Lodge in South Norwood. Okay, it's very good. And then from the life of the prison, she had in 1980. Well, who just well, she's 20 years old now. Released from HM Prison Ascombe Branch after 12 years of serving, granted anonymity, including a brand new name. Starting a little new life. And then, yeah, she came back to Tyneside on some of the locations and lived there for time after this. And four years after nursing, she had given birth to a daughter when she was 84. And she knew nothing of Betty's past or her mother's past until they discovered her location in 1998. And the pair left their home with the bed sheets over some of the heads they had. And then her daughter I mean, was protected only until she. Until when she until only when she's 18. Okay. However, on May 21st, 23. He, she won a battle over her own anonymity and that her daughter extended votes life. Okay. And then any of the court order permanently protecting the identity of little combat, they called it a Mary Bell order. And it's now later updated to his granddaughter, her granddaughter that was born during 2009. Call it as Z. In UK, you call it, you call it Z. Z. And we don't know where she is now, so who knows? She might be coming back and kill more uh, people, or she just stays where she is. Or she stays where he is and she don't know anything. No information for her, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. That 
is pretty much it for yeah that's pretty much it for Mary Bell I mean she has no the crazy and then she has that no disorder some disorder there and she killed two one is four-year-old and the other one's a three-year-old when she was around 11 and 13 she's 11 11 and then yeah she was around 11 years old Oh, she killed two. Just the four-year-old and the three-year-old. And uh, talking about that, about the mutilation, mutilation? No, I don't want to know about that. No information. I'm not giving you information. No follow-up questions, please. I don't want to have follow-up questions. We're done. I'm not talking about it. Okay, so now that we're done with Mary Bell. That's very cool. So, let's go on to the last one. And this is probably one of the most brutal things that I have, I have to witness. Okay. So I know it's a very short thing. Yeah. A little short. Just a little quickie for you. Okay. We're on to Josh Phillips. Okay. Joshua Earl Patrick. Phillips uh, was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania on March 17, 1984 to Steve and Melissa Phillips. Steve, he was a drug addict and drug addict and alcoholic. And yeah, he was violent towards the two. Man, Steve is started off with you no know, popping up pills and get drunk. Yeah, just right off in that bat right there. Because they are feared. And then he made a strict, a strict rules on Josh. Okay. And he got angry if he had other children. He's not there. If he had as a baby, another baby. And he disliked young girls. Okay, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with his father? He, he's drunk. He's drug or some kind of pills or whatnot. He was mad if he has a another child coming on. And he does. He didn't like girls. What's wrong with this person? And also, he made a little strict rules. That he will never do such, such and such. That's bad. And his mother, Melissa, never said why. It's like, I, was, I, I agree. I was like, she, she didn't understand why he doesn't like girls. I agree with his mother. I freaking agree with his mother. Alright, and on November 8th. He was 14 years old and lived with his family in Jacksonville, Florida. And then the neighbor described him as quiet and friendly. But he's not that quiet. He's, not. he's quiet, but he's not that friendly. According to Mady Clifton, you will get to see Mady Clifton because she. Other, okay. Phillips, him, and. 
her daughter, okay, they were friends and she had never had any reason to be a little afraid of him. And he had no arrest or history of violence before a little murder. Because he, he doesn't he hasn't done anything. But he'll have his first. Promise me. He'll have his first. And his school teacher said that he was a popular student. Said on the scram hill as being fun and silly. Because they thought that this person was like he's a nice guy. He's friendly, but he's shy. And doesn't like to talk to people. But he can be. No, he can be spontaneous. He can be outgoing. Like that. But that's not the. But that's not the Josh Phillips the same way that you'll see when I read another murder. Okay, let's get down to that. Okay, on November 3rd, 1988, so Quentin, he was alone with Mady Cliff, with Mady, okay, live across the road from the Phillips, and he asked to come to his house and come to ask him to come out and play baseball, okay, so that's what she said, she came to to his own and she's asking him to you know play baseball you know just baseball's not that much and he agreed even though he's not allowed to have someone over not have a baby even if he has like a friend or not a girl that's part of the rules the strict rules that his father gave to him when they're not home and as two of them played well Clifton threw a ball at her and then accidentally, he accidentally hit it into her eye. Oh, that sucks. Her to bleed, cry, and scream. Jeez. And then he panicked and knowing Steve will be home soon because he's in trouble. He's, in, he's starting in trouble. Just her and I, he's. Yeah, he's in, he's in a complete. Panic. He's a complete panic. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, his father is gonna come home, and he will get his bun trouble. Okay. So, so what does he do? He dragged him, dragged her into the house, saying that clothes came off of her body, and so that's his. And then he hit her again with a bat to stop her from the screen before putting her on that little base in the bed. Oh my god. And then he returned home when he when his father returned home, okay. He interacted him with a little period of time before returning to the room. And then when he discovered that she was alive and moaning under a little bed, he just removed the matches, he cut her throat and stabbed in the chest. Seven times from within that from a leather man to killing her. What the hell is this person doing? I mean, he's trying to hide. He's putting her under the bed to make sure that sure that he's not around. And then, and then what's his next thing to do? Killing her. Ugh, what the hell is this person? Damn, this, this this is just oh my god, what the hell is this doing? God, 
I I don't know what to do. I don't know how in this situation there, because if his father is gonna come out there, she would tell I would. He would just tell her to go home, so that no one knows, so that nobody knows that she's with someone. Uh, like she's like he's literally in panic, and make sure that he doesn't break any rules and such. Yeah, he is in that panic position. He has no choice but to just kill her. Yeah, his father. I'll blame all that to his father. From the rules he made, he does like girls. Blame all that because Josh killing, killing Maddie. Blame that to his father. So he did. He made all that rules, a strict rules, and not liking girls and. Blame all that to his father. I can't believe this. I'm totally speech. I'm totally speechless. I'm really mad at this. And then when it's been reported around 5 p.m., okay, they all search for him six days, and then he participated in the search. Okay, and he stated that he spent week saying in a denial. Okay, he said this. I was one of the defense he would that or let nothing happen. This is my defense for everything when I was a kid. I never made the decision to ignore it. I just did. I mean you're trying to ignore it, but it just you did. And this is totally in danger. Very, very in danger for this one. I can't believe how that all happened. And in November 10 his mother okay, went to her room and noticed that some of the wet spots. And then she searched the room and found her body. And then she left the house and reported the incident to police. And he was arrested the same day at his school and confessed murder within hours. Very fast, so quickly. And the prosecutor disputed some of the parts of his story, and he said, state. Well, some of the attorney, Harry Shorten, suggested that the murder may have been sexual motivated, seeing that he had talked about sexual matters in both her and her older sister. And they found no evidence of some sexual assault through the prosecutors and some lack of dirt and sand on her body. That's a poor assertion that her clothes came off. Because remember, because remember, she took off her clothes and so does his. So, okay, because drag her in the house and then put it underneath to make sure there's nothing else in this particular. Oh my god. And then the prosecutors noted that there's no blood found somewhere in the backyard or on the baseball that he had struck her. And I get that. It didn't support some of the version of the events there. Okay, so in the trial, okay, he's he was tried as an adult, and his move from Duval County, Florida, to Polk County. Oh, some of the concerns of in Jacksonville there, and then we have his lawyer, Richard D. Nichols, not call a uh, witness. Or a single witness and a move 
later said that it was a surprising and risky strategy on how this would definitely go. Alright, and then Nicole's intended to base much of the defense on something that closed the argument. But he stated her dad was, quote, an act that began as an accident and tearing through panic and border on madness. That was exactly what I was talking about. Because this was a complete accident. I never meant. I mean, he's trying to kill her. I never meant to kill her because his father is going to be there and he would be in trouble. That's. Yeah, he is completely panicked when that happens. And he doesn't know what to do in this situation. This is hard. And I really felt bad for him that he would do. I mean, I'm not. I will not feel bad for her kill, bad for him killing it. But I will also sometimes also feel bad for putting putting in this position and decide what to do, what's gonna be his next move. And killing her is the worst move that he would ever do. Him, Nicole's had never intended to question him over that little murder. Only played chess with him when visiting prison before the little trial. But his mom disagreed with Nicole's strategy. Though his father is his own letting Lord do as he would please. Because he's a drunk and drug person. Drug headed bastard. I'm a little sorry about that, but that's all I have to do. So, Nicole's discouraged their, his parents from having to testify. He never spoke during the trial, and the trial started on July 6, 1999. It only lasts two days, it's just a little short time to some defense calling no witnesses, zero witnesses for this. And now it's up to the jurors, taking over for two hours to decide what hours to decide it, and then they decided that. Yep, he convict to convict him for first degree, just the first degree, and he was sentenced to life without possibility of parole, and he will not be eligible for death penalty since you no, know, he was under sixteen at the time. Okay, and then some of the journal, the trial, they attempted to introduce some of the scans from. Knowledge showing a bilateral lesions of the frontal lobe of his brain associated with panic and impaired judgment. So yeah, he has this part. Yeah, he has a lack of you no know, increasing panic and the judge which one he wanted to do. It's like man, when it comes to judgment, ju when it comes to judgment, you have to decide what you're gonna do next and pick what you're gonna pick. Cause I had those strategy when I had to. What is it? I want to find whatever the cheapest price is, and I had decided that this one is so good, but this one's bad. Or he would do. He had you no know, quick scenario. He he has a lack of you no know, picking the scenario that he would likely best to do, and he chose poorly. And while the prosecution wanted to discuss some the evidence, they he. Is that he had looked at the pornography. It was 
inadmissible. Okay, now the pornography that has something to do with it, no, it's wholly inadmissible. There's nothing relates to this murder. No. Okay. So yeah, he had completed the development, the general education development, and he was told he was too young to want to begin general. And he took some college classes by some of the courses. And his and he works as a paralegal while in prison. Assisting some of the other inmates with there and also works as a tutor. Well, good for him. He has to play his guitar in the band and participates in a Christian religious service such as Zazen and Yoga. Um, I don't know what Zazen. Z-A-Z-E-N. It's like a meditation, like a zen. And then during his 2017 little video, so the prosecutor acknowledged that he had been a model prisoner. And then as in 2008, he declined to write a letter of some apology to his family, saying that they had deserved an apology from him as they would be able to see his sincerity in the sorrow letter. And his mother is said that she had no interest talking to yeah, for doing that, it didn't go away with all of that stupid murder. All that stupid murder is just so bad. It did not go as well as a will plan did. And in 2000, somewhere in 2000, he died in a car accident. Good for him. I mean, I'm being angry here. Good for him. I mean, he's the one who made all this stuff with the stupid things. And now look what Josh did. Look what he did. He killed a... He killed a little girl. That's what he gets. And taking all that responsibility for such. Let's get on to some of the little appeals from somewhere, somewhere in places here. Let's see what they have done. Okay, in 2002, we have a Florida Second District upheld his conviction. And in 2004, Melissa began to seek some new trial for her son. This saying that his young age at Sandemar should have more weight in the little sentence. And in 2005, the Supreme Court said, Hearing the final discuss whether he would receive a he should receive a new trial. Three years later, two of the officials most responsible for sentence they admitted that having second thoughts about getting a license without hospital parole to a 14 year old. So they had thought about something about it. I was like, yeah, we will give in this guy a life sentence so he will be jail for the rest of his life so shortstin Harry shortstin he regret not to offer him a second murder plea which would have given the judge more discretion in some sentencing and has voice for some federal clemency or a little parole for Phillips okay so in the court cases they wanted to find out that yeah I really wanted to have no adding more weight for his senses because he's in life sentence. He will never get out of jail. He'll be staying there for a long, long time. 
and then they have regrets of not offering a second murder because that can add a little more weight for it and they could have a clemency or parole for him and didn't do as much as that one did not work as well so in 2012 we have the Supreme Court of Miller v. Salomon ruled that the juveniles who mandatory life prison without parole is totally unconstitutional and three years later in 2015 his attorneys were considering this case as like a basis of resentencing hearing saying no, the hearing and then a year later, almost a year later, his attorneys appealed the court and he was granted a brand new since new hearing. And that was held in June 2017. And then at the hearing, his mother, her mother, Maddie's mother, requested that his sentence should be upheld. Okay. And then a few months later, he was resentenced to life in prison. But he'll be eligible for resentencing one more time in 2030. So, which is two years from now. Okay. He will be resentenced to live prison. So, yeah. Yeah, he will be staying to live in prison for a long time. But he will be resentencing one more time. Two years. Okay. In 2023. So, right now, currently, in 2000, we're in 2021. So. Two years later, he will be eligible for he'll be he will be eligible for resentencing himself. Life. Okay, and then two years later, in 2019, we have for his first upheld that life sentence, and it will be reviewed again. It could be changed, modified to 2023, based on some maturity in the rehab. Okay. And then he said, appealed to Supreme Court Florida. He turned down that request on June of 2020. So that's last year. And it's considering they did not explain the, the reasons for the decline here in the case. So how he will do. How we should do to him. How can we life life the little sense or something like that. So yeah, that's the, the motive for that part. Really, I mean, it makes sense. He had to end the victim's crying because I don't. He doesn't want her to cry. You know, he wanted to shut up when she was a little kid. Okay, she was a little kid. Can't do that. And then trying to avoid some of the punishment from father because again, back a little past for that. That was totally makes sense. Okay, that's his one of his motives, Josh. And that's it. That is the end of Josh Rose. And yes, finally, that is now the end of the collection. We have finally done the whole collection of the big kids. Now they're now older for killing no so, killing someone else's, killing other people, and that's not right. That is not right. When you have no time, no kill, 
something. It's like it's not on purpose. It's not a. It was a complete accident. It was not an accident. It's something else. And Jasper made a little poor, poor decision, and out of panic, he panicked when this happens. He doesn't even know. He doesn't know what to do. Has no idea what he wanted. Just it's awful for Eric Smith. He he was angry. He's so mad at something that he killed a four-year-old boy and a four-year-old boy at the camp. That's completely and the Mary Bell she uh strangled somebody and strangled two of them and doing some nothing. Lizing and Ugh, I hate that word. I hate the word mutilation. Ugh, I, ah, don't I don't like that word. No, I do not like that word. Okay, so yes, that is everything they had in their own mind to all of those three victims for things and such. We have just finished great things. Oh, by the way, because and by the way, he killed Maddie when he was when she was eight years old. Eight. She was eight years old. Okay. I think we're I think we're done here. I think we're done with this episode. And thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoy with all the stuff that I read and I'm possibly gonna have to recall everything there about what they're doing because it's, it's kids and when they were kids, they're not right. They're not okay. So awful. And they're so brutally awful. It's just the childhood... It's bad. It's worse than you can imagine. Really worst. Okay. That's enough for me talking. I will see you next time. Goodbye everyone and take care.